three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And my guest today is the CEO of Consulting Success, where they specialize in helping entrepreneurial consultants grow profitable, predictable, and strategic consulting businesses. He has advised the Financial Times, Dow Jones, RBC, and helped Panasonic launch new products into global markets. He has helped over 500 consultants from around the world in over 75 industries. Author of Amazon bestsellers, Act Now, The Elite Consulting Mind, Consulting Success, and his next book coming up, The Future of Consulting, will be published this April. Welcome, everybody. Michael Zipersky. Hey, Simon. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So cool to have you here. And everybody who has a consulting business right now, this is relevant. We are going to talk ROI, and we are going to talk how you can be less of working as a business operator and more of the business owner that you are and that you started out to be in the first place. So, Michael, what are you currently creating? Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you hit on it in the introduction, so thank you very much for that. But uh, we've had over 500 consultants you know, come through our Clarity Coaching Program, uh, and that's really focusing on helping them to build profitable and scalable and strategic consulting business. And we just recently released what we call the Consulting Success Framework, which is a, a distillation of everything that we've seen working um, you know, in the consulting business over a couple of decades now, but really updated for what's working best right now. And we've been sharing that with our clients. So um, we've got that out. We've also been bringing on new coaches to support our clients, uh, new templates, new systems. We continue to, to really build our team. So that's where my focus is right now. Cool. And um, let's dive directly into your CEO tips. So how do we get from operator to owner if we run a consulting business? Yeah, I think this is a big challenge uh, or a top of mind issue for many entrepreneurs, even outside of the, uh, the world of consulting. But so often we are so focused on uh, building the business and we're involved in the business in every aspect of it uh, as owners. Uh, and I think that one of the uh, opportunities and realizations that the entrepreneur will have at some stage is, you know what, I'm actually the roadblock. I'm trying to do too many things myself. Uh, and we trick ourselves in thinking that, well, I can do it faster than someone else. And I, I can, you know, the, the time that it'll take me to train somebody and find them and get them up to speed, I can just do it faster myself. I can save money by doing it myself. Uh, but that's really the roadblock that holds holds a lot of people back from making a lot more progress and success. And so I think that, you know, if you, again, there's a lot of different models for people to, uh, and paths to go down. There's no one way to build a business. But for most people, if you want to achieve greater scale, if you want to have greater impact, if you want to be able to create more freedom for yourself, then it's going to involve building a team. It's going to involve getting other people involved. It's going to require that you put better systems and processes in place. And that really then gets you folks on building the business, but you can't do that if you are the one that the operations uh, are, are connected to. You know? And if you at, at, at all plan to sell your business in the future, uh, you will actually receive uh, a lower value if the business requires you. Uh, and so if you can put better systems, better processes, better team uh, in place, then not only will you create more freedom for yourself, not only will you have a business that runs 
uh, more smoothly, but you'll actually have uh, a higher value of business or a greater value of business that you can then sell if that is you know something that you are thinking about for the future. And you did both yourself. You were the founder of your company. You are you run it right now. How was your transition? How many years did it take? Yeah, so I mean, I'm still in the transition, right? So uh, I've I've built and sold multiple companies uh, over my last 21 years of of being kind of in the consulting world. Um, every business except for two was uh, a, a services business, a consulting related business. Uh, a couple of others were um, were online businesses, but were not in that in that space. Uh, and I certainly learned the, those lessons, you know, sometimes the hard way, where uh, I waited a lot longer. I told myself, you know. I'll, Let's wait until I get one more client or wait until the, the revenue goes up a little bit higher before we bring on someone else or before we put this, uh, you know, these new kind of practices in, in place. Uh, and I also used to think that systems were something that only bigger businesses needed, uh, that it wasn't required for if you just have a, a very small team or if it's just yourself. But the more that I've uh, really gone down that path and we've been building our team, the, the more that you actually start seeing that systems actually create more freedom. They don't hold you back and they're not only for big businesses, uh, they're just for businesses that you want to grow and be able to, to create more process um, and productization around. My favorite uh, episode of um, the Tim Ferriss show that I heard in last weeks was the one with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I love it. I, I listened to it as well. Yeah. Because I'm such a Seinfeld fan and such a Tim Ferriss fan, so I had to hear the episode. But what struck me about that episode is Seinfeld is full of systems. Whatever he does, he has a system for meditation, system for writing, system for speaking. It's he's full of systems, and the whole craft and all of his magic yeah. is based on systems. And he's a, just a one-man show, a powerful show, but one man. No, I think it's a really great point that, that you're bringing up, Simon. And it's actually something that I've been thinking about myself when I listened to that episode. Another great one. Um, I don't know if it was with. Tim Ferriss, but I listened to an interview with Kevin Hart not too long ago, you know, another really great comedian. Uh, and I think when a lot of people look at comedians like Kevin Hart, Jerry Seinfeld, they look at athletes, they look at entrepreneurs, they see kind of the end result or they see the current state of success. And what they don't realize is that in order to get to those places, like of course Seinfeld is funny, but he, he also got to where he is today and he got to that level because he had systems, he, you know, he did a lot of practicing and just the amount of, and the, the way of uh, that both Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld and Kevin Hart break down how they think about telling a joke and they look for their reaction. They go back and they test it and they cut things. These are, I think a lot of um, examples that people don't notice. They just look at, oh, like that was, that was a great joke. They're so funny, but they don't really know what goes into it. And in the entrepreneurial world, it's very similar. Uh, it's not just about the success that somebody has had. It's what are the pieces that they've put in place? What are the processes, the systems, the way that they've you know, expanded their mindset or, or looked at things from different perspectives and then acted on them and made, it, made changes that ultimately influence uh, the success that they're having today? Absolutely. I'm so curious who you pick for the Strategy Award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. All right, so you want the uh, the strategy award. Uh, I, I was thinking about this and uh, I would nominate Martin Lindstrom. Uh, and yeah, he's written several books. 
Uh, and I remember one conversation that I had with Martin actually when he was on our podcast, the Consulting Success Podcast. He was in the, I believe he was in the UAE or somewhere in the region. Uh, and he was telling me stories about how he was actually spending time going into uh, regular you know, citizens' uh, homes to, to learn more about their behavior, to learn about how they made decisions, how they thought, how they interacted. So in order for him to advise his clients and you know, he has different large organizations and government clients, he really would go off the grid. He, he would not take a cell phone with him. He would just fully immerse himself into the environment and he would look and listen to what was going on. And I think that's something that, that's missed by a lot of people these days that we are always with you know, our phones, even when we're watching movies sometimes or doing crazy things like this that we couldn't imagine 10 years ago. Uh, and I think he's a great example of somebody who can really achieve quiet and focus on the right things to, you know, to create great results in a way that others may not come at it. Absolutely. And um, back to your main CEO tip, how we get out of the weeds and into working on the business of our business, because this is so relevant. Uh, yeah. I am out of fulfillment since January of last year. So a little bit more than one year, I am out of my business. And still, I'm not out of the business. I'm out of fulfillment of the core operations. Right. Still, there is so much to do. Joint ventures, yeah. growth staff, working on form, fit, and function of sales. There is still so much to do. Now, I cannot imagine if I would have stayed in fulfillment at right now, I, I would have been completely burned out or no growth. So right. let's go back and and um, and help people who are doing everything how to bit by bit get out of the yeah. way. Can I, can I offer um, a kind of a suggestion or exercise I've, I've given to clients? Would that be okay? Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, one thing that, that I would suggest that people do is to track, almost create an inventory list of everything that you do in the business from start to finish. So from, you know, your marketing or advertising uh, to your sales calls uh, and sales process to how you go about fulfillment or, or delivery uh, to client interactions, to invoice, to billing. I mean, everything start to finish, just track what you are doing or what, if you have team members, what your team members are doing uh, on a daily basis and, and do that for a week or two. And you might be able to sit down as brainstorm and get it all on paper, you know, in an hour, but, but really think about it for, again, from a, a very comprehensive list. The next step is to create a couple of columns. And in those columns, what you want to do is you want to first look at every item on that list. And when you want to ask yourself, which items truly do you need to be involved in? And sometimes, you know, our egos will get the best of us where we'll say, no, no, like only I can do this, but really challenge yourself. Like, it, you know, can you, is it only you that could do it? Or if you brought someone on that you were paying them $50 an hour or whatever, maybe it's even less, you can find great people right from 15, $20 an hour to $50 an hour. You can bring really um, skilled people to, to help you. And so you want to go through that list and mark down what are the, the items that you truly believe you add the highest level of value that you need to be involved in. And then what you want to do is the other columns, you want to start checking off or, or assigning each of those items to another column and, and try to group you know, things together. So for example, you might have, you're spending time right now formatting PowerPoint or keynote presentations for clients. Well, that's something that you know, a business owner should not be doing. Or maybe you are updating the design or some text on your website. Again, that is something that you should not be doing. Or maybe you're spending time on social media, you know, posting graphics. Again, probably something you should not be doing yourself. Well, th those things you could likely group into one type of admin or 
designer related role or someone that has that ability. Another one might be around booking meetings or um, you know, sending invoices, things of that nature. That could be a straight administrative type of role. Another might be about delivery. And so you go through and what you then wanna have is assigning each of these items to a different person on your existing team or on your potential team in the future. And then what you wanna do once you've done that is now start to go out, develop job descriptions for each one of those groupings and begin trying to find those people. And the one thing I just wanna share is I know some people have a hesitation around that and they say, well, yeah, I don't wanna spend $50 an hour to bring somebody on who could, you know, who, that's, that's money out of my pocket. Well, what I want people to just think about is what is your hourly value? Now, I hope that you're not charging on an hourly basis. That's something that we definitely counsel and recommend that our clients avoid as much as possible. But just think about what is your, your value per hour if you were to break it down you know, on an hourly basis. And let's say that it's $250 per hour. Maybe it's significantly more, maybe it's a bit less, but let's say it's $250 an hour. Well, if that's the case, every hour that you are doing a lower value task, something that you could get someone else to do for $50 an hour or less, you're actually losing $200 an hour. And so when you see that, then you don't look at these things as expenses, right? You look at it as an investment. The sooner that you can bring people on to take over more of what you're doing that is low value, not only will it actually help you to make more money because you will then be able to shift from low value to higher value focused work or, or you know, production that creates greater uh, value and revenue, but you're also now creating more freedom. And at the end of the day, that is the greatest asset that we all have. I mean, that's our scarcest resource. We can't create more time and so being able to bring someone in that can actually help to free you up to spend that time with your family, with other loved ones, hobbies, or in other high value areas uh, of work in the business, uh, I think that's a great opportunity for many people. It's funny how we start our businesses to be free and then the business starts sucking us in. And I remember the first year, the revenue was quite good. We did half a million in the first year and everybody was like, wow, Simon, you're crushing it. I was like, I'm miserable. I didn't see my wife since weeks because I'm in planes all the time. Yeah, um, We are pregnant. I will not see my kids if this is, go if this is going to go further. And so there is this equation of why do we do it? Yeah. One thing is freedom. One is impact. Um, and to find the right balance. Sometimes it's even better to stay at the same amount of revenue and of growth, but to have time again. And that's, yeah. that comes with systems. Can I offer one other suggestion or just kind of exercise of, of thought for people? Will that, do we have time for that? Sure. So I think a lot of people, and I certainly um, was guilty of this you know, early on in my, in my career, uh, we tend to, if you imagine a triangle, at the top of the triangle, we tend to put our business, right? That is the peak, that is the top, that is where our, all of our focus should be. And then what we do is we put our, our lifestyle or the rest of our lives on the bottom, right? And of the, of, the, of the pyramid or of the triangle. And so then what we need to do is we're asking ourselves to make sacrifices at our lifestyle level around our health, our wellness, our mindset, our family time, all that relationships. We make, have to make sacrifices because we put the business at the top of the triangle. And what, I, what I've found to be helpful, and I would just you know, offer as an observation and suggestion for people is to consider what would it look like if you put your lifestyle at the top of that triangle? And you get very clear about what is most meaningful for you. How do you wanna spend your days? You know, what do you wanna be doing? What gives you the greatest level of fulfillment and happiness and enjoyment and you know, where you will feel successful? And then put your business at the bottom. And so what you wanna do is you wanna create a business model and a structure that supports the lifestyle 
at the top of, of that of that triangle or at the top of the pyramid. And so what that allows you then to start doing is to make the sacrifices that might be required because there's always sacrifices and, and things you have to shift. But now you make those sacrifices within the business, not within your lifestyle, because you've, you'll never hear of somebody who's lying on their deathbed going like, oh, I just wish I worked another hour or, oh, I wish I had you know another hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars in my bank account. Like nobody says that. They say, oh, I wish I spent more time with my spouse or with my kids, or I wish I you know, took that trip that I always thought about. And so by putting your lifestyle at the top, it allows you to ensure that not only are you going to still make great progress in your business, but you're going to also make great progress in your life. I love it. And, uh, you know, the lockdown creates now the opportunity for many of us to redesign exactly this triangle. So it's a great exercise. People listening, if you have a napkin and a, and a pen, just do the triangle and start. How, how do you want to live your life? By the way, a wonderful book by, uh, how do you, how do you measure, how will you measure your life? Mm. Uh, by, um, where is it? The, uh, who just died, the Christiansen? The, okay, oh, Clay, oh, Clayton Christiansen. Clayton Christiansen. Uh, this amazing mind, and that and that was a, a lecture he did, a full semester. How will you measure your life? Beautiful thing, where right. he, he explores these topics. So, yeah, the triangle. People do it, and now you're writing your book after so many books. Why one more book? Well, so the, the future of consulting, I don't know if I'm confident yet to call it a book. It's in the works. It might end up becoming a booklet or a report. I don't want to um, you know, put more filler and, and just more pages to, to make it a more of a formal book. The main thing is to, to provide value and some of these insights and ideas to, to people. You know, We've been seeing uh, a very big shift that's happened not only in the consulting world, but again, in many industries during COVID times where there's been an acceleration and a move to digital. Uh, that caught a lot of people off guard. Some people were were well prepared. Uh, but I think what it got us thinking a lot about is now when we're at a stage where we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, we can think about how things you know might kind of get back to quote unquote normal or at least not in the COVID world anymore. Uh, I think it, it creates a, a bit of complacency where it's understandable. Like we now we just want to get back to, to doing work, but we've had many economic challenges or collapses we've had different you know pandemics um and so i think this is a, an opportunity for us to think about how do we future proof our businesses how do we actually start to prepare for disruption down the road because it's just happened and of course we want to likely forget what's happened but the reality is it'll probably happen again and so what can people do to not only uh benefit their businesses today and themselves today but what steps can they take to prepare for the future and by seizing some opportunities that are sitting in front of all of us today not only can we see greater outcomes and results right now because other people aren't seizing them if we take action on them accordingly we can actually create better results into the future and then create a significant advantage over those that aren't and so there's a lot of things that we've been identifying in our own business and, and in working with many clients uh, as well as through some interviews and conversations that we've had with other uh, experts and um you know, successful people that, that we've been speaking with. And so these revolve around different business models, 
different ways of delivering your intellectual property, different ways of, of structuring your business, um, and really thinking about what will the future potentially look like and how can you start taking steps towards that today, again, to not only benefit now, but also well into the future. Many people listening right now, they are also writing their book. Many of them, their first book, many of them, their second, the third book. And they are, they are thinking these questions, uh, publisher or self-published, how to promote it, how to sell it, how to make it um, a successful launch. Now you have so many books, what has worked best for you? Yeah, I think, you know, I've had these conversations also with a lot of people because We've gone the, the self-publishing route. I still think about going the trade uh, publication route, and it just depends on what's most important. So I'll give you one example. Um, my last book that I did back uh, in almost a year ago, April of 2020, uh, was called Act Now, How Successful Consultants Thrive During Chaos and Uncertainty. And from concept, from having the idea of writing this book, which is all about you know, and I wrote this book, Simon, because what we saw is a lot of people, this was like right when COVID was so you know acute for many people they were like deer you know staring at, at a car's headlights just frozen not knowing what to do and so this happened through many conversations with clients and we just saw this in our own business and so i want to write a book and get it out very very quickly to help people because i want people to see that there are things that you can do right now to get through this very challenging and uncertain time uh, and there's no way that i could have gone with a traditional publisher because it would have taken many many months if not a year right so literally from concept to having the book on Amazon in Audible and Kindle and, and paperback versions, we did that all within about six weeks. Wow. Uh, so very, very quick, very rapid. And, and that to me is one of the great benefits of self-publishing is that you can get your ideas out to the world very quickly. Now, of course, if you want to reach corporate clients, if you want to um, you know establish yourself in, call them maybe some more established traditional uh, kind of networks or environments, a traditional uh, published book is still very, very powerful. And I think it's a great path for many to take. It just depends on on what your goals are. But the main thing is that you get your ideas out there. And I know that one model that a lot of people take now is a hybrid where you do work with a publisher, uh, but that publisher still gives you a lot more uh, freedom and a lot more um, access to your, you know, to your rights and to your copyright to use it. So you're not kind of turning everything over as you typically would to a traditional publisher. But again, I think both have value, both have their place. It all comes down to what people ultimately want to, to achieve in terms of their end result and goal. And even if we go with the publisher, at the end, the promotion is your main accountability. Yeah. How do you plan this time being a service business that wants to do also business with the book? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that's actually one of the biggest shifts that's happened over the years. Uh, back in the day, traditional publishers, right, you know, they would do a lot of the marketing for you. That was one of the main uh, sources of value of going with them. Today, uh, they do very little. They essentially expect that you will do the marketing. And it, often cases or oftentimes they'll, they'll only actually say yes to a book if they believe that you can sell the book, that you have the, the network to do so. Uh, what we've done, you know, number one, we have our own list. So we have we sent a, an email to um, our, our list, you know, at least once a week. Um, and that's about 35,000, 36,000 people. Uh, we have our podcast that gets also about 30 some thousand downloads per, per month. Um, we have social media channels, we have partnerships. Uh, and so we use all of these to, to get our message out there. Um, and so I think through partners, when we uh, shared our Act Now book, 
many people were you know very generous and just sharing that we we offered the book for free to people when we first put it out there just because we wanted them to have access to it and so again many generous friends uh just also offer that to their audiences so i think that's you know relationships and partnerships can be, can be very powerful in helping you to promote your work but also um developing your own list you know building your own kind of community uh even though if you're starting today it might take you some time uh, the power of of that is is incredible and it's a really great asset for you long term so that's what we do these days we really leverage the assets that we have and the relationships we have and the community that we have to get the word out there and uh, once we we do it it seems to kind of take on a bit of a life on its own but uh i would say that yes you know writing the book is uh, or writing the you know putting the content together is not always the hard part uh, the, the promotion itself can actually be incredibly important because there's a lot of people who have written great great books or great content but they're not they don't promote it and then no one really hears about it three books that have shaped you most Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this um and I read a lot of non-fiction, a lot of business books, but the three books that probably influenced me the most uh were books that I read when I was younger. Uh and so the first book that I ever read, Simon, was called Shogun by James Clavell. Uh and this was the story of um you know, of a a non-Japanese coming to Japan uh and that whole experience there. That's actually the um I'm trying to think there's a movie Mission who's the Mission Impossible guy again? Um I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Um you guys will everyone listening and watching will go of course don't know who I'm talking about but uh he they did a a movie the last samurai movie was essentially the story of shogun in in different uh words or a bit of a bit of different but that was the first book I ever read. And what's interesting about this book to me is that I never read I didn't read a book I mean a whole book until I was probably 15 16 years old. Uh my whole life when I grew up was sports. All I did was sports. I didn't like school. I didn't spend time reading. And so I was probably one of the last people that you would imagine or think that I would end up actually writing books and creating lots of content. Uh I'm sure my teachers back in the day would would you know they couldn't believe it. But that book for me was actually the first book that I read and so uh it was 500 pages long or something like a big thick book. But that's what got me drawn into into reading and into story and the second book I read was The Godfather. I get again another thick book. Um and so if you asked for three books so Shogun was one the second was the uh was Siddhartha and I remember I found a um a copy of this book in my high school that they weren't using anymore it was just tucked in some storage room and I took it which I probably shouldn't have but I took it cuz there was just there was stacks sitting and I read it and I loved it um and so that was a great book Siddhartha for me and then the other one was The Alchemist uh Paulo Coelho right I mean great book uh he's written many very powerful books but for me these books are not they're not they're, they're not they're not about business uh but they're about life and so much about how you think about things can actually uh, alter your trajectory down the path of of business and and that world so those are for me the three shogun alchemist and siddhartha what are you excited about looking forward when with your with your with your book and with your business now So well, we've been spending a lot of time uh building our continue to build our team putting new systems in in place uh working on the book and and sharing that uh with with the world. So for us that's you know as a team collectively right now we're very focused on um on working with our clients building our our team as I mentioned that's like where where my head is focused full time. I mean the other one for me is is leadership. Uh it's an area that I haven't maybe spent as much time, you know, working on in the past. uh or not maybe as intentionally as I am now uh and so that's where I'm personally spending a lot more time is thinking about 
leadership and leadership through demonstration uh, and how to make some adjustments around beliefs that I have or approaches that I that I take um, that can have a big impact around hiring and compensation and systems and, and growth and all that stuff. Powerful. Where can people stick around to read more about you? Uh, so the, the home base for, or kind of headquarters for everything is consultingsuccess.com. Uh, and if you go there, you'll be able to uh, find out more about the podcast that we have, um, all of you know, the books, and we have a lot of free content and resources and studies that we publish as well for people who are in the consulting world and, and want to grow successful consulting businesses. Michael Zipersky, everybody. And if you have a consulting business and if you are serious about growing it, call him, call Michael and go through it and uh, read the book, Consulting uh, Mindset. Uh, let, me, let me repeat all the books. We have <laughs> Act Now, The Elite Consulting Mind, Consulting Success, and the next one coming up, The Future of Consulting. Thank you, Michael, for being here. Come back soon. Thanks, Simon. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.